0: All right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. I just
1: wanted to show you my my, like me and my school. Okay. <laughs> I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh <my> <laughs> There's a cold open for it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome to another episode of Boom or Bust the Draft Show. Max Chadwick alongside Nick Miriam and Donnie Clemens. So we're going to start our positional rankings now. Our top 10 quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL Draft following the NFL Combine. Before we start the video, please like and subscribe to the channel. Turn on notifications. Of course, be sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Boom or Bust Draft. On YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast. So rate us five stars as well check out the merch store so how we did this it's a little bit different than our regular big boards when our big boards we just you know make obviously a top 200 or whatever and combine that and then make our positional rankings off of that this you know we didn't have time to make a massive big board update so we ranked our top 10 quarterbacks and made a consensus based off that positional ranking uh which is how we're going to do this and one of us is going to talk about each quarterback so i'll start us off with the number 10 quarterback on our list that is caleb Ellaby from western michigan now i like this guy a little bit he's a bit undersized six foot one 210 pounds but i think he's got a pretty good arm for his size as well he's able to throw from a variety of bases with touch and power uh, he's got a pretty quick throwing motion good release and he was awesome last year caleb ellaby was one of the best quarterbacks in the country last year but he took a noticeable step back this year uh, Dwayne Eskridge left. I know he's still at Sky Moore, but still not having Dwayne Eskridge could have hurt him a little bit. He really doesn't add much as a runner. Uh, I think his footwork is a little inconsistent, which leads him to some accuracy issues at times. He doesn't really handle pressure at all uh, very well. He converts pressure to sacks at an alarmingly high rate, holds onto the ball too long, makes some head-scratching decisions. So I think overall he's a project quarterback who doesn't have the best traits, but at the very least could be a backup of the NFL. My comp for him I actually came up with Trace McSorley. I see a lot of the same similarities between him and Caleb Elby. I think he's a late day three pick. So, Donnie, let's go to our number nine quarterback.
0: So, at number nine, we have Jack Cohen, the quarterback from Notre Dame. Um, He's not very good, but I think he's also the definition of a backup quarterback. Like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have any mobility. He doesn't have... Any type of improvis- improvisation, but you know what he does have? He has good footwork. He has decent accuracy. He goes through his progressions very, very well. I think he knows when to put touch, and when he, know- he also knows when he needs to zip the ball. Like, he knows these things. He's the definition of a backup quarterback. He doesn't have that crazy arm strength. He doesn't have any type of mobility, but he goes through his reads. He makes smart throws. His accuracy is okay. I think he's got good footwork. I think he knows what his guys are, which means he will be able to learn a playbook very well. There's nothing else to say. He is the definition of a backup quarterback, so just a guy who you can just throw in for, like, a game or two and just be the definition of a game manager. Like, if a team like Seattle or a team like I don't know, the Chiefs or something like that with an elite quarterback. They just want to grab a guy in case their starter gets hurt for a couple games, throw him in for a couple games, and he'll be he'll be okay. But he's never going to be a true starter down the line. But there's also roles like that where you need these backup quarterbacks. Yep. Like Arizona, for a perfect example, needed a backup quarterback because, eh, you know, was spectacular. Kyler Murray is spectacular. He gets hurt every now and then. And you need to throw in a guy who can go in for a couple games and be okay. And that's what Colt McCoy did. Um, had a really good game against the Niners because they made the game plan very simple for him and then against Carolina he was terrible because they tried to expand it a little bit and it just didn't work out and then they kind of bumped, dumbed it down a little bit again and he was good against Seattle and he went 2-1 and one, and then obviously Kyler came back from his uh, ankle sprain. So those are the kind of guys that you want in an NFL locker room. So he's going to get drafted, I promise you that because at the end of the day, this quarterback class sucks, man. <laughs> like this quarterback class just isn't good. Like before we started recording, we all have a different qb10 because we all just kind of like yeah none of these guys are really good but this is the type of guy that you want on your team i think he's good in the locker room from what i can tell from uh, meet not meetings from uh interviews i think he's smart i think he makes good reads and that's what you need in the backup um i didn't really have a comp so i guess for the comp just put backup quarterback (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's fair
1: Um, our number eight guys, Bailey Zappi. I'm a little surprised, actually. He comes in at eight. Um, I'm high man on him. I have him as QB seven, and actually the gap between him and Carson Strong for me is closer than for my gap between Carson Strong and my QB five, Desmond Ritter. Um, I I was pleasantly surprised from Zappi's tape. Um, initially, when I first had checked him out at the beginning, uh, kind of my tape process right after the college season ended, the one thing that stood out to me is I hurt a lot of his arm, and I, you know some I, we have a kid. Um, at Syracuse, who is a big fan of of him, and um, was th- you know th- raving about his ability. And the first thing I noticed is his arm is really not that good. He he throws a lot of touch balls and puts a lot of air under them. Now to be fair though, he's pretty good at weaving balls through traffic downfield with touch, getting it up and over defenders. Um, and he really, really excels at leading receivers to space. It was a bit of a college offense, but one that threw the ball a lot at Western Kentucky. They would give him half-field reads, and he'd be forced to make a lot of downfield throws. He's a guy that I won't be afraid of pushing the ball down the field to the next level, which as a backup quarterback or a guy that you're trying to develop with your team like Minnesota or Cleveland, who I think in the round three will be, or maybe the Giants, will be looking at this type of player. Um, he's an interesting developmental piece because of his you know, willingness to push the ball downfield. Um, he although he lacks differentiation, differentiation in throws. I don't think he has much of a laser. Uh, he, you know, and doesn't go through like amazing progressions. I think his ability to see to process routes before they fully develop is pretty good for a guy who we're talking about at the end of day two, probably. Um, I think he pretty clearly favors throwing the ball to the left side of the field, which is also something that is a bit of a red flag for me going to the NFL. Mechanics aren't bad, which he could develop a little more power from his legs. It's a lot of upper body uh, power from him. Um, He's not much of an improviser, um, but, you know, he set production-wise, he set records at Western Kentucky. Uh, You know, he broke Joe Burrow's touchdown passes record um, in college, and obviously the the competition matters. Um, But there are some things here that are interesting, things that you can target developing a quarterback. And for me, to me that he ends up being kind of a mid third round prospect for me, just because I do think there is a potential here with the right system, the right players around the right quarterback that you could highlight some of his strengths and actually make him a, a potentially low end starting quarterback who could end up, you know, playing for some team at some point.
0: So for QB seven, um, you guys might remember this guy. I uh, remember when he was hyped up as a first round pick. Yeah. Good old Iowa state quarterback, Brock Purdy. um, Remember when people were saying this guy was like this guy was like being talked about as what Zach Wilson was before being talked about. Like this guy is just like big arm, mobility, improviser, makes good throws and all of that, blah blah blah. And then he just stunk. He just
2: Yeah, he fell off a cliff. <laughs>
0: it was it was bad. 2020 hit just COVID hit him different compared to most quarterbacks. But I mean, this guy was talked about in the 2021 draft as QB four behind Lawrence Fields and Lance, and obviously before the Zach Wilson hype happened. So that's Mm. what I'm talking about, before the season actually happened. He was being viewed as most people's QB4 in the top 20, at least a first-round pick. And then he kind of got exposed. His arm strength is not good at all. He's not that great of an athlete. I believe he tested as a 47th percentile athlete, which is... Not very good. Um Jack Cohen tested as a better athlete and his athleticism is really not that good. Yeah. So that says something about Purdy, who's also a little bit smaller than him as well um he's got a weak arm he doesn't make that great of deep ball throws he did in 2019 and 2018 2018 was his best season as a freshman like he was talked about as this guy could win the Heisman like Iowa Mm -hmm. State is like turning it around and then he just kind of disappeared and then Brees Hall the running back kind of took over that offense and uh, the rest is history man and he was talked about as a first round quarterback and then he just kind of disappeared his Weaknesses started to show a lot more to their strengths. Um, I think he's a, once again, a decent backup quarterback, but I do think if he can possibly get back to that 2019, 2018 Brock Purdy, he could be a low end starter, which is why I do think he's better than Jack Cohen and Bailey Zappi, because I view both of those guys as true backups, but I think there is a small chance that a Brock Purdy could become like a worse Kirk Cousins, where he could go in and he can play for maybe a season and he's not gonna be great, but he's definitely not gonna be horrible if he hits that ceiling. So that's basically it for Purdy. If he can get back to his old self, he could be dis- he could be decent, but as of right now, he's not good.
1: Mm-hmm. Our number six quarterback is Carson Strong, uh, the quarterback from Nevada. 6'3, 226. Has the big body that I think a lot of teams look for when, when they look for pocket passers in this in the NFL drafts. He's uh, at least in past drafts. We're going away from this a little bit as mobility and athleticism become more important with the quarterback position. And although he didn't play badly this year, I think the knee injury really has tanked his stock. I have a late second round grade on him. Um, he's a guy who's a volume passer in Nevada. Uh, Has a pretty good arm, not, you know, a fantastic arm, in my opinion, but I think he is in, like, that second tier of good arms if he goes in the NFL where he can kind of change up his arm angles a little bit. Um, But mostly, actually, I believe he is more of a touch passer than than a a power passer Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, although his power throws are good, he's less accurate, I think, when he does throw with power. Um, And he, you know, does a good job, in my opinion, of leading receivers to space, similarly to Bailey Zappi. Um, you know, he's his, his a little bit thin. Um, I think 226, though, is a good weight. I don't know if he's going to add a lot more than that. Um, he he really didn't play on a great off. I know they had Romeo Dubs. I don't know Cole how Turner. much I love Romeo Dubs and Toll Turner. Like, they're fine. Like, he really made that Nevada team better. And I think that's something that we really looked at with quarterbacks the past few years is if you elevate a team that's not great, it matters. And Carson Strong did do that. And that's something that uh, is intriguing, I think, as a developmental prospect. The the big discussion for him is going to be the knee injury, uh, because I think if he wasn't dealing with it, we'd probably be talking about him as a top 40 player in this draft, potentially. And I First don't round think pick. Maybe a first round pick, potentially. Um, as someone who's gone through similar injury, um, I can tell you, when you tear your ACL, you always destroy your meniscus to a certain extent. Um, if you tear your meniscus a certain amount, which is what happened with his knee, it got more torn up. I've also had it more torn up. I've had, by the way, just, I don't know if I said this earlier, a very similar thing has happened with my knee. I just haven't had the repair surgery that he's had. Your meniscus gets destroyed to a point where it can no longer kind of deal with the compacting of the bones, right? Um, and so slowly it degenerates. And that's why when you hear people say degenerative knee issue, his meniscus is slowly falling apart because it can't take the pressure of the bones going against each other. And it's worn away. And eventually what happens is when the meniscus wears away, the bone starts to wear away. That's how arthritis begins. And at the age of 21, however old he is, I actually don't know. Uh, not great. You don't want to be dealing with it. Yeah. And so what they can do is they can take an artificial meniscus and put that in your knee, um, which is what they did do with him. Uh, I have not had that. I'm not trying to play in the NFL, so I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I run a lot. Um, You know you can do that and it 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 helps but you know knee surgery is repeating over and over. Eventually you have some nerve damage that comes from surgery. You know surgery is there's never you know a a single surgery that doesn't have some sort of downside. Uh, Cutting into the body is generally not a great thing. Um, You know they try to avoid it at all costs. And now he's got an artificial meniscus, which is you know it's fine, but if if you get injured again you're in a spot where it's like okay what do we do you know cuz you've already messed up one artificial meniscus got to get another one your knees kind of worn away a little bit uh it's scary and that's this is what's going to keep teams away from him I think it's what ultimately is going to drop him out of the top 50 picks um maybe not 2 I don't know that it's as bad as people are making it out to be, but it has certainly limited his mobility, and it certainly limited. This type of injury makes you slower. It makes you you know you can't move your knee as well. You can't feel as well because of that nerve damage that we talked about earlier. Um, And I think he's gotten smarter. I think we there's different types of QB mobility. I think he's kind of got some of that Tom Brady-esque ability to move. You know, right after you catch a snap, know where the best edge rusher is. Take a step away from him so that he's not, you know, as close to you. Uh, pocket mobility to, to, you know, manage avoiding hits. Um, but at the end of the day, like, he's a good, not great quarterback prospect as well. And that's going to push, you know, a good quarterback prospect that is not great, that has a knee issue. You know, teams aren't going to necessarily fall in love with that. But there's something there. And I think somebody maybe like an Atlanta at 58 will be interested in picking him up put him under like a Matt Ryan, see what he can turn into. Um, and there is potential that this guy in the right offense can be, you know, in a West Coast offense, can be a a rhythm thrower and a guy that that produces as a pocket passer at the next level.
2: Yeah, I actually just looked it up. He has osteochondritis dissecans, which is apparently a joint condition where the bone underneath the cartilage of a joint dies due to lack mm-hmm. of blood flow. Yeah, so, so like,
1: that's ouch. the worst. That is the worst possible outcome of not having that meniscus when it degenerates, the bone eventually – when it wears, like, the bone tissue dies, right? And yeah. at some point enough, the bone tissue dies that the blood flow doesn't come to it, and then you have to, like – you know, you can remove bone and put something else in, but that 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 is Ouch. not good. So he's already gotten – beyond the point of his meniscus is worn away and it's concerned he's now his bones wearing away
2: yeah well they said it's possibly career threatening too it's like this is a guy like we could talk about like never seeing a snap in the nfl just because it can get really bad um look you come for the uh Come for the on-field analysis, stay for Nick's medical analysis. That was actually great. That was great. I actually, That was fine.
0: fantastic. I dude, learned a lot from that.
2: <laughs> I really appreciate Nick like, tearing his ACL. I was, actually, like, I was ACL like, enjoying so I
0: that. that. <laughs> like, I was sitting here and like, enjoying that. I was like, man, that is like, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wow.
2: Thank, everyone, okay, thank yes. Nick for, everyone thank Nick for tearing his ACL and, and knowing everything <laughs> about, about knee injuries. Uh All right, so our number five quarterback is... You know, you talk about the combine and quarterbacks. You got to talk about this guy, Desmond Ritter. Put on a show at the combine. He's an elite athlete. He ran a four four nine at the combine to go along with a ten foot seven inch broad jump, which is one of the best broad jumps we've ever seen a quarterback have. Thirty six inch vertical. Those are all elite measurables. Overall, ninety sixth percentile athlete at quarterback. Now on the field, he's got a pro ready processing ability. Like you can make the argument. I probably wouldn't. I would probably say Kenny Pickett. You can make the argument Desmond Ritter is probably the most pro-ready quarterback in this draft. Just because that processing ability is really good. Cincinnati really relied on him to make quick decisions. That offensive line was not great. And quick decisions to the right place, Desmond Ritter did that at a very, very high level. Um, Now, he improved every year of his career, too. Like, this is a guy who the intangibles, I keep saying, are overrated. But, like, Desmond Ritter, all I've been hearing about him is that, like, this guy has the work ethic and the character that you want at quarterback. Like, this guy refuses to get worse. He, every year, he's tr- he's gotten better and better. He's improved in a lot of things. The one area where he hasn't really improved that much, he did a little bit this year, but still I'm very concerned about it, is his accuracy. And that's consistently been an issue for him his entire career. It's still not there. And likely, it'll never be there. Because this is a guy who's a very technically refined passer. It's not like he can fix his footwork or anything like that, and it'll be magically fixed. Like, Desmond Ritter, he's just... Probably not going to be an, a very accurate quarterback. Uh, his arm strength, I think, is good, not elite. Um, and the other issue I had too is like this guy's a freak athlete, but he's kind of a pocket passer first. Like I kind of want to when I saw him run a four-four-nine, I was like, this guy should be using that a lot more. And I think you can do, use that a lot more in the NFL. So I, he could stand to add some more running to his game. Throwing motion is a bit long for me. Overall, I have him as an early second-round pick. I think his athleticism and his work ethic are worth betting on. But his accuracy is really going to hold him back from being elite. I think, Nick, you came up with this comp first, and I I love it so much. The Marcus Mariota comp for Desmond Ritter, I love. And Mariota ran a lot more, but I think that's what Ritter should do in the NFL. He didn't really do it much in Cincinnati, but when he did do it, you saw the athleticism. So I think an offense that trusts him to go through progressions quick uh, and lets him run, I think that would suit him really well. So let's go to our top four quarterbacks now. Before we get to them, though, I just want to let everyone know, Every single one of these top four quarterbacks, we have an entire scouting report video on. So go check this out if you want in-depth knowledge on these. But we're just gonna do quick hits on these guys. So let's go to our number four guy, Kenny Pickett.
1: Yeah, and just really quick on the Ritter and the Mariota comp thing, it's. I think the big difference that's gonna be a little bit tricky is that Ritter is built like a kind of thin-framed quarterback, where Mariota was more built like a running back, and that's, yeah. you know, that's something that concerns me a little bit. But anyways, moving on. Pickett, we talked about in the other video, you can check that out. Um, Derek Carr comp just continues to look more and more correct. I mean, the guy is a sneaky athlete, ran the four seven, three forty, which is actually really good for a yeah. quarterback. Oh, remember um, when
0: I compared him to Drew Locke?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen that comp other places too as well. I think if you you know if you don't like him as much, it's like a fine comp. But I think he's, you know, easier. Pro-ready quarterback. He's your this guy's arm is not excellent. He's a you know above-average athlete. He's not going to do a whole lot outside the pocket, but put him in a West Coast offense. Tell him you know make the right throw, be accurate. Don't necessarily sh- you know flash your arm down all the time and make amazing throws downfield, but can make throws downfield and is accurate downfield and will you know give you that upside in terms of you know you know need you to make a play, do that. I think Pickett is just, you know, in that next vein of the Cousins car Baker quarterback who gives your offense a high floor because he will make the right decision, because he will deliver the ball to where it needs to be, because he's a smart, accurate player. I think there's a lot of games on his tape. I, we talked about that Syracuse game I was at where Syracuse runs a really tricky three-three-five cover scheme, though kind of move things around, make it tough. He struggled early in that game, and at some point, you just saw it click. He started understanding how to deal with mm-hmm. the coverages, and he was making the correct throws, and all of a sudden, a game that was really Syracuse was controlling, it became a blowout because Pickett just started making the right throws. Now, I know the thing is, and we're showing off in this video a little bit. I got props for you. I know the thing is the hand size is the eight and a half inches thing. So I have seven and a half inch hands, right? Um, you know, I'm not 6'3", 217, which is another thing, by the way, I should mention – Big body teams like that. He's got one of the bigger bodies for a quarterback in this class. Um, people are going to be concerned about the hand size thing. He's going to wear gloves. Um, I think in, it's worth knowing the fumbles thing is the concern. He obviously fumbled yeah. the ball a lot in college, um, and you know that's not necessarily linked to hand sizes and help, but he needs to protect it better. I, in terms of being able to spin an NFL ball though and throw it downfield, you should not have concerns again. So this is an NFL size football. These are my seven and a half inch hands. And I can get my hand about halfway around this football, and I could spin it if I wanted to, right? Like, you know, and obviously I'm not trying to play in the NFL, but eight and a half inches and an extra inch, we talked about, I think people said a half inch because they're comparing to Joe Burrow, could make a big difference. I think an inch more than this is enough to spin the ball, you know, 60 yards downfield if you need him to. I'm really not that concerned about his ability to throw an NFL ball at the next level. The only thing that concerns me is fumbles, but we've had quarterbacks without hand size issues, Daniel Jones had fumble issues. Sam Donald had fumble issues that continued in the NFL. Um, You know, it can be cleaned up, certainly. I think that part of that is dealing with pressure better. He had some problems with that as well in college, and that's why none of these prospects are perfect. Um, But in terms of his ability to throw the ball, he can't size. Forget it. Like, I really – it does not concern me. Yeah. Absolutely, Nick, yeah.
0: Nick is whipping out everything this episode. I love it. I he love brought love out it. a
2: football. He brought <laughs> he brought out a whole doctor segment. Like, look at this guy go. <laughs> his, uh, football is MD for this video. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Kenny Pig. I love his quote too. I think he told part of my take. He was like, you know, man, if I spin a forty-five yard rope, they're not gonna say it was from a small hand. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, he did that at times at Pitt. Uh, but number three, the guy who actually is my QB one is Sam Howell the quarterback from UNC. Uh, we mentioned it all before. Like this guy has just got an absolute cannon of an arm, one of the strongest, I think, in this class. He's been very accurate over the course of his career too. Very good in the pocket. Manip- manip- he manipulates the pocket really well. And he's been a three-year starter, really good all three years. And he lost a lot of guys this year, which is why you can explain why, you know, maybe he took a step back as a passer, but as a runner, he was a phenomenal runner this year. And he really showed off that he can be a, a true rushing threat in the NFL. Now, the issues, pocket presence is sometimes a mess. You know, like he he really holds the ball for a very long time, converts pressure to sack a lot. Uh, he plays a lot of hero ball, makes some horrible decisions at times. The UNC offense is very collegey. It doesn't really go through his progressions either. Like if his initial read was not open, he was taking off. And a lot was just if Josh Downs wasn't open, Sam Howell was going. That was basically the entire UNC offense last year. I think he's got the second best physical tools, though, in this draft behind Malik Willis. I think I would take him in the top 10. He's a quarterback that I'd bet on the most. Um, He just got I think he's got a high enough floor because, you know, he took a little step back as a passer after losing so many weapons but he became a really good runner. Like this guy just figures it out. He figures out how to play elite football, you know, where if he's not a great passer, I'll become a great runner. Uh, if he's not a great runner, he'll be a great passer. Like, so I think he's really figured it out a lot. Dak Prescott was the comp I had for him as runners. And I think they're a similar size and um, pretty good deep balls as well. So Sam Howell, I would take him in the top 10. I understand that's a massive risk for a lot of other people, but I am willing to go out on a limb here and say that he is my QB one. And I, I like him a lot more than a lot of people do.
0: Um, So QB2 now, uh, my QB1, but I'm going to be honest, it might change pretty soon. Matt Corral, um, I've been in love with this guy for a while. Um, Ever since the preseason process, he was my QB4 behind the top two and then also Malik, but then again, I had Malik QB1, but yeah, I guess that aged well. But anyway, Malik might be my QB1 in about a month. He might be like... He killed it at the combine. He killed it during interviews. You could just tell he wants to be coached, which was my one concern, and it's everyone's concern. Like he's a project, so it may not work out, and that's concerning. But he wants to be uh, he wants to be coached up, so he will probably end up being my QB one. But as of right now, my QB one is Matt Corral. Still, um, the medicals concern me. He wasn't able to participate at the combine or at least like do the workout just because of that injury he had against Baylor. Right? Yep. Okay, I always I always forget if it's either Baylor Oklahoma it's it's Baylor okay it's Baylor it's Baylor, um but I think I don't know there's not much to say man like he plays in an RPO offense I think he's got good accuracy his deep ball is inconsistent he's got a good release he's got good mechanics his arm strength is a little overrated because I think there, a lot of people think he has a stronger arm. Than Sam Howell, which I disagree with. I think it's closer than maybe like Max thinks, but I think I think Sam Howell definitely has a stronger arm. So everybody stop over Matt Crowell's arm. It's good. It's not great. So that's basically it. He's got a he's got a good release. He's got good footwork. He knows where his guys are open. And yeah, you can say, Oh, well, he plays an RBO offense. But you can also say, hey, he didn't have anybody on his team this year, and this was his best year yet. So that's a yeah. plus. Like, he lost he lost DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, and he got better. And then he lost Elijah Moore, who was the best slot receiver in the country last year. And guess what? He had his best season yet, and there wasn't really anybody around him. And he was kind of asked to carry that offense to being a top-10 team in college football, and that's what he did. So... Yeah. I still think I still think Corral is QB one. I'm still in love with him. I think he could I think he has the ceiling of a top eight, maybe top ten quarterback in the NFL. But at the end of the day, ask me in a month, and Malik Willis might be my QB one. But for now, I think it is Corral.
2: You could run too, like Howell too. Like yeah, he can is run. a really good runner?
0: I, I think he's I think he's a better runner than Howell. I know yeah. I know Max disagrees, but I think he's more athletic. I think he's faster. The only issue is just he didn't slide last year, but he did in previous years, and maybe that was Elaine Kiffin. Um, I almost yeah, I blanked. What, what what was I say Wayne Kiffin. <laughs> yeah. Lane <laughs> Kiffin is an interesting coach. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that sentence he said when he was playing Alabama, he said, get your popcorn ready. Yep. Well, and then well, they go, and then they go out there and just get. Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. I was, yeah it was you good.
0: shouldn't, you shouldn't say that when you play Alabama, but. <laughs> Um, and also another thing real quick, he was he was fine against Alabama. He wasn't great, but he was fine. Like, I didn't think he played bad. And same with Reddit. Like, I didn't think he was horrible. Like, I mean, what do you want him to do? He had nobody around him. Yeah. Like, his offensive line stunk. His wide receivers outside of Alex stink. Like, what do you want from him? And like, it's the defense that carried that team so far. And Alabama feared it, which is why they never threw the ball. Like, I don't know what you want Desmond to do. Like, yeah, go ahead and throw for three touchdowns, 400 yards with no weapons against Alabama. Like, give
2: the kid a break. My, my favorite Link have a quote besides the popcorn was also he's like, the reporter asked him, do you think you have a shot today against Alabama? And he's like, yeah. And she was like, why? He's like, we have Matt Corral. And I was like, hell yeah, dude. I was like, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. I, I love that. So, yeah, Matt Corral's a guy. He's a great leader, too, I've heard.
0: Great leader.
1: Yeah, off-fields for him checked out. And, I, yeah, you talked about the Ritter and Corral thing with Bama. Both guys throwing through some great downfield balls in that game that were dropped. Uh, I just want to point that out. It's, yeah. yeah yes. It's tough. They did not get a lot of help. Um, my new QB1. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry. I had to move off of Corral. You know, it's it's tough. I, Corral is going the way of Rondale for me this year in terms of, you know, the, the – well, you loved
0: Rondale either way. I, and
1: I still, you know, I still had Rondale as a first-round grade. I'm still going to have a first-round grade on Corral. It's just the draft process for both those guys with injury has been limited. And it's tough for teams to really solidify them as top picks when, and me as well as a scout, like, to when I just haven't seen the guy do anything outside of his games since the season ended. Um, I'm sure the interviews went well because, like we said, I think he has the leadership qualities are great. But in terms of the pre-draft process, the guy who continues to kill it for me is Malik Willis, and he is now my quarterback one because of it. Um, let's compare him to two other guys who I think we compared him to a lot in this, in this process, which are Josh Allen and, and Trey Lance. And I think it's important to distinction to make that with Josh Allen, the guy was a basketball player. Um, he grew up in, you know, an area where there wasn't a lot of great coaching. He went to school at Wyoming. You know, they're not developing a bunch of NFL talent. He didn't have real quarterback coaching, you know, until he got to the NFL. So there was a lot of development there uh, that Malik Willis has already had, and he hasn't fully developed yet, even with it. So, you know, he's not quite in that vein of he hasn't been able to refine his mechanics. I think when Josh Allen worked with Jordan Palmer—Jordan Palmer's his QB coach, right—
2: uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so,
1: yeah. I, when he worked with Jordan Baller, I, there's a legitimate chance that those mechanics that fix his accuracy uh, were, were mechanics that he legitimately had not been taught before at like age, you know, 23 or whatever. And year four in the NFL, it was new to him. You know, Malik um, Willis has almost certainly had that type of coaching and and still there's some accuracy concerns. But that being said, I think his arm talent in the NFL will be up there with the Herberts, Josh Allen's, Patrick Mahomes. I believe it is top notch arm talent. Now, the reason I'm willing to now put him up this high in the draft is the mobility because I think, you know, with Trey Lance, we talked about production. Oh, you know, he was one of the best players in college. Um, and Malik Willis, you know, wasn't able to overcome some of the things in Liberty, some of the talent deficiencies they had. But I believe that his mobility is second to Lamar Jackson once he enters the NFL. And I don't think I I'm alone in that show in that. Mm-hmm. I think Ritter running a four four nine, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Willis ran a four four three. You know, he, he is that fast, and I think he is twitchy outside of that. I think his shiftiness and his, you know, he's rocked up. He's 6'1", 219. Like he's built like a running back. Like this guy can run through people. I don't think he's going to need to do that as much because he is shifty as hell to be quite frank. Like this guy will be able to make it work. Like he, 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 quite frankly, when he enters the NFL, make it simple, have him run the ball high floor as a quarterback immediately. If you do that and then we'll see what the downfield passing develops. And I think when we get to the draft, there's we were talking about this before the video. I think there's going to be a mad dash to go up in this draft and get this guy because I think physically it's intriguing what he is. Um, and and I you know the interviews and the, with the teams obviously. I mean everything for him is looking great. I've you know I've got some. I'm from Virginia. I've talked to people in the area about you know even before the year even started about what type of kid he is and everything I've heard from the beginning of the year to now. This guy's all football. It's all he does. He's, you know, a fitness freak. He's, you know, a great leader. He's going to be in that, in that, you know, the locker room, first guy in, last guy out, and people are going to want to go to war for this guy. And I think that coaches are going to fall in love with him. And I'm beginning
2: to really like what I'm seeing from him as well because of that. Yeah, Malik Wilson's had a really good pre-draft process. He also was probably the best quarterback in the Senior Bowl too. I and mean, everyone went to the Senior Bowl this year. Um, all right, that's what we got for our top 10 quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL Draft. We're going to continue this positional series, so make sure you subscribe below and follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, TikTok's been doing really well as well, at Boomer BoomerBustDraft. And, of course, subscribe and, and rate us five stars on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever, and check out the merch store. So for Nick Miriam and Donnie Clemens, I'm Max Chadwick. Have a great night.